My guest today is a financial advisor working out of Five Dock, Sydney. He tutors high school students in mathematics, is a two-time Oztag State Cup champion, an EUG's gold medalist. That's how I know my man. And he is an all-round good guy. Please give it up for Alex O. You want first place, come play with me. You want second place, go somewhere else. It's an everyday process. Coffee's for closes only. You're listening to the Mori Health Podcast. And we're on. So, Mr. Ho, how are you? That's a, that's a big wrap. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for that. I'm, I'm well. Uh, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, my man. Um, I mean, I've been locked up indoors for the last couple of months um off and on and i'm pretty excited having football back on the tv screen and this weekend i actually go back to footy so very exciting times oh, for nice. me yep. um yeah been itching for yes. it and for me that is what normality is is um my weekends have just been given away to the great game of rugby league <laughs> um but anyway enough about me so uh, let's talk about, I guess, <laughs> our relationship and, and how we got to know each other. So I met you at UNSW. Uh, we were both studying. Um, you're obviously studying mm-hmm. finance and I'm studying the body and health. And um, I think there's a good mix here where, from my perspective, people need to get their finances sorted because that can become a big stressor in their life. And um, stress is something that I have to deal with with my patients and my clients and and who I have to work with. And if that's one component that they can get under control and we can give them some, a bit of help here, then I think that's sort of what we're going to be going for. Um, so let's give your business a plug who you work for straight off the bat. Uh-huh. So you work for one solutions. Yes. So one solutions uh, is, uh, I guess the, the overarching sort of uh, company and then underneath that uh, have the different divisions. So the division I'm in is One Financial Advice. Um, and so we have a couple of other divisions, the other ones being uh, One Lending, One Accounting and One Wellbeing. Um, so I'm part of the financial advice space. Um, but yeah, yeah, so that's, that's, that's where okay. we are, One Solution. Is that, is that personal, personal finance or is that business as well, like corporate work or a bit of a combo? Uh, oh, sorry, the internet cut out a little bit. What sorry, mate. Um, so I guess the, the clients that you're working with, some young professionals, are you working with, um, with personal finance or are you working with uh, corporate finance or a bit of a, a combination of the two? Uh, so I guess the, like one solutions as a whole, um, we do deal with uh, some corporates as well, but predominantly we are dealing with uh, like personal finance. So, uh, you know, the, you know, your, your personal client, your average, um, you know, mum and dad uh, that comes in and wants to have their finances sorted. So, and I think the one thing traditionally speaking, just with like in the finance sort of space is that um, most people are unsure about um where they can go and who to trust because they think that the people that they're going to that are going to service them don't normally service that type of people. They sort of think that they're not cut out for advice, um, you know, in general. Um, so yeah, I'll just try to maybe squash that sort of that rumor that, uh, financial advice in particular is, is for everyone. Um, 
and not just for the wealthy. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, no, I, I get there. that. Yeah. I get that. That's, that's probably a, a big thing. Um, a big stigma that's out there. And um, I guess I would anticipate that the earlier you go and get the advice, the better off you are because then you can get your affairs in Correct. order. Yeah. Um, but I guess who comes to see you at the moment? Like if you're getting a new client, a new patient, what are their usual concerns? What do they come to you with? Or do you get a a bag of all sorts? Uh, So it's a bag of all sorts, but predominantly the the main clientele that we sort of get, are, I guess your people age between 25 up to 30 all the way to to 50 and then closer to retirement. So uh, the, the majority would sit in between the 30 to 45 sort of range. Um, I would say as, as a clientele, um, but as you said, I would strongly echo that your foundations are set, um, you know, when you're in your twenties, because when you're in your thirties, I wouldn't say it's too late, but it just might be a little bit more difficult to have a stronger foundation. So it's just in those early twenties that it's like, it's not even maybe seeking advice. It's maybe even, it's just having the conversation um, initially to get you thinking. Cause I know when I was at uni, like even, you know, my early twenties, it's not a thing that you worry about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then when you come, you know, mid twenties, uh, closer to 30, you actually start to need to adult. And, and unless you've, uh, still had trying to avoid that mate. parental backing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you've got like parental backing or parental support, it's very difficult to get out on your own two feet, especially these days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I don't mean to talk for you here, but I guess, you and I, we, we've come from Western Sydney. We've both got hardworking parents um, that have mm-hmm. had to earn their way through to, to get anywhere and, and anything. Um, endless hours where you kind of go, well, where's mum and dad? And oh, they're working. Like I, I get mm-hmm. where you're coming from, I guess, in, in terms of life. And um, I'd urge people like us and even those that um, do have that bit of a head start to actually get their affairs in order early. I mean, I guess I'm yeah. a rare bird in that I've been thinking about this stuff ever since I was a little kid and it's probably my environment um, in that mm-hmm. my old man was running his own business um, for as long as I can remember. And so I saw finances as a very important thing. Um, critical. Yeah. yeah. Super critical. Yeah. And I've been thinking about buying a house ever since I was a kid. So um, I guess you could say I'm a good saver and, and have been, but um, a lot of people my age, as soon as they get their paycheck, they're like, oh, great, that's spending money. That's not saving money. Yeah, let it go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess I really, I have a personal issue with how things have been set up in Australia in terms of personal finance and that being an education component, which just isn't taught in initially I thought when I went through university, I thought it should have been a a mandatory subject in uni that everyone that goes through a university course should do personal finance. And I've actually had to think about that recently. And I I think it should start in high school. I really think it should be a part of that base education that everyone that, that goes through from year seven to year 10, there is a component of your education which t- teaches you life skills, everything from how to change a tire through to how to manage your finances properly and how to lodge a tax return. If you don't have those skills, um, it's an uphill battle from the start and the world's kind of set against you. And, you know, um, not that we wouldn't need your advice anyway, but um, we might actually have a bit more confidence in what we're doing to begin with. And we might actually take those steps earlier. 
Were yeah, you... entirely correct. And I, I, I fully agree that um, even just the basics of personal finance is done in high school. Because um, I understand, like, because I, I tutor maths as well. I have taken a bit of a step back in the last year or so, but I, I still do it occasionally. But just the curriculum that they try to teach, they have a little bit of personal finance, like they dabble in it, but it's, it's, it's very, very, it's, it's minuscule um, uh, to, you know, to, if you really want to delve into it, but having a, a really a better understanding of it does set you up um, for, for later years, hundred um, percent. So I agree with you that they should definitely be incorporating more of uh, the emphasis when, when you're doing maths um, in personal finance uh, in high school. Uh, and even, I mean, uni to a certain extent, because then you're sort of uh, choosing and branching out into what you want to specialize in. But certainly in high school, definitely, yeah, I agree. Yeah. In, I guess in my industry, in the health industry, for those that want to go and start their own practice or their own medical center in, in that sort of world, and I guess that's what I aspire to do down the track and not so long down the track, um, I've got to go now on my own accord and go learn how to run a business which is completely different skills to yep. how to be a practitioner. And um, it kind of it frustrates me yeah. a little bit. However, in my postgraduate studies, that's what's coming up next semester. So I'm very much looking forward to the insight that they're going to provide there and then seeing how much more further learning I'm going to have to do on top because I might have to start to learn business yep. administration systems and, you know, start to figure out what MYOB yeah. is and, and those sorts of things. Um, yeah. Yes. Like, and so like people that are supposed to be special, like you're supposed to own, like you're supposed to specialize in your field, which is about the body yep. and how you can teach someone else. But then you undertaking the, the ventures of opening up your own business, it's an entirely different field. So first and foremost, the people that you're sort of consulting, you need to trust wholeheartedly because it's not a small decision. You know, when you go to open up your business, so there's lots of, there's lots of, um, you know, upfront costs that you have to foot that you're in the hopes of that you are going to succeed. And so you need to totally diverge your attention away from even the, like what the business is actually doing um, and actually worrying about the numbers behind that, which shouldn't be your job uh, in the first place um, to, to sort of get that uh, all ticked off. So, yeah, I mean, having a basic understanding would, would definitely help. Um, yeah but it's not widely sort of uh, pushed. Um, no, so um, it's quite disappointing. And like even those that are doing trades in, in a TAFE degree and, you know, who wants to become a plumber and whatnot these days, they should be taught those basic skills as well. And in some cases they are, but in most cases it's not to the same degree that they actually need. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that's my, that's my personal vendetta on that. And I guess I've been <laughs> going out... Um, and I've been trying to educate myself a little bit. I mean, I listen to those of the sorts of like Gary Vee and um, obviously he's an American entrepreneur, but um, here from Australia, a very popular book at the moment. Um, you, uh, you'd be very aware of it. Uh, I'm guessing is um, the barefoot investor, Mr. Scotty. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've read the yeah. book <laughs> and um, I, I'm, I would I'd like to think I'm not a dummy, but there's some things that I still don't understand and I still need to go and, you know, do further reading on um, and I guess looking after my finances and getting things in order. Yes, it's a step-by-step -step book, but there's still things where I have question marks over. And um, I guess as a young person without the experience, I lack the confidence to make those decisions. 
And by hesitating, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing or wrong thing. Um, I mean, as a kid, what Commonwealth Bank, he's right in his book in that they come into and they do this Dolomites rubbish, um, which, you mm-hmm. know, I did as a kid. And I think yeah, I think I was set up with that. My parents sent me out that as well. <laughs> yeah, they thought it was a good idea. And at the time it probably was. Um, but then before I turned 18, I, I switched out, um, which is fine. But um, I guess I'm starting to look at the stock market because that's more of an affordable entry point for me into investments. Um, but I don't know what I'm looking at. All I see is, you know, red and green bars on a graph and a zigzaggy line that doesn't tell me if something's reliable or not. So I guess if you were to give some advice to some young people or even, even anyone, it doesn't have to be young people. What are some, what are some big mistakes to avoid and what are some things that they should probably start considering? Um, so first of all, I think the barefoot investor, like the book itself is a very nice sort of general, uh, starting point, um, that if you've got absolutely no idea about finances at all, um, and, and like, if you want to yeah, just jump in straight away, just to get a whole nice little overview of it, it's a good book to sort of get your head around that all, you know, kind of list out step by step what you should be aware of, uh, in general. Um, so I would, yeah, definitely say that's, that's, uh, one, uh, I'd give it a tick of approval to sort of just have a read of it. Uh, and then it's obviously if you, like, like you Rob, that if you've got questions after that, that you sort of want to try to tackle, even if it's your own personal home, or it's just like you ask around, um, you just, you know, talk to people that you are your mentors or, or just people that are at a different stage of life, because for the most part, it's just life experience that people have learned over the time that, you know, they've been alive, that they can sort of drip feed to you. Now you don't have to take into, you don't have to take their word as, you know, the gospel of everything, but it's just something that you can keep in the back of your mind that it's an opinion that they've got. um, And then you can use it to make a more well-rounded decision. Um, But for, for young people, I would say their first thing that they should be worrying about is just their spending habits. Um, Cause just taking notes, don't worry. If, spending I mean, habits, yeah. Do it normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so spending habits is the first thing. Just because uh, for most people, like, I mean, if you just uh, attract, uh, so someone comes out of high school and let's say they don't go to uni, but they start to work. Um, so, yes, that's great. You know, they're, they're picking up, you know, their, their tools of their trade or they're gaining experience in whatever field they're deciding to go into. They might be earning a little bit of money as well at the same time. And they probably think that's great. They've got a little bit more freedom to go out and do things and they've got money to spend. And, and that's, you know, that's all well and fine because you earn money to spend it. You know what I mean? Like it's, if you, if you, if that's what in, you know, gives you pleasure, then you can do that. Yeah. Um, but it's just the one thing that you sort of need to keep in the back of your mind is that how long can you do that for? And what do you really want to, you know, get by and get done in five years, 10 years time? Cause people don't think that far ahead. Um, and they say, oh, I'll let future self worry about that. Yeah. Um, Don't want to be that guy. <laughs> future self. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's, that, that's the sort of uh, avenue that most people sort of look at is they go, I'll let, I'll let future person deal with that. But it's like, if I'm not doing what I want to do, like put, to put myself in the position in five years time, what will like, it's not just going to magically turn around and you'll win the lotto because that'll be great. Everybody, if everyone won the lotto, no one would ever need to work again, right? No. So, so you and can have odds, your period of fun. Yeah, like yeah. 
the odds of winning the lotto is yeah, you odds, know, I'd say you're more likely to get hit by lightning twice. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, hundred no, percent. Uh, like you can have your fun. You, you've got yeah. You've got disposable income that you can do. But then I think there'll be there'll come a point in your life that you need to just. And I think COVID especially has maybe pushed that sort of um, thinking to a lot of people's. Uh, the forefront of their minds just because they've got a lot more time to reflect on, uh, you know, because they, they don't actually have to, they can't go out uh, well, as much that's, as they That's why I wanted to, you on here as well. I mean, to be able to think about it. 100%. Like at the moment, right, because of COVID, unemployment's the highest it's been since the 90s. And you and I were born in the 90s. So it's the highest it's been in our lifetime. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. friends our age and those well and truly above us are really struggling at the moment and they need help and they need advice. And it's like, well, like if we can provide any value at all, it's, you know, um, you can take control of your finances. You get, you can get these things in line. It's not like it's going to be a set and forget. There's that doesn't exist. That's, that's not a, that's not a thing. Um, if you think that that's yeah, a not possibility, you're living with <laughs> unicorns and fairy tales. Like you need to come back to reality here and actually start to take ownership for yourself, take responsibility and actually do something about it. So hopefully this helps. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's just yeah, to yeah, kick up the ass. So, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, during COVID, everyone thinks about, oh, you know, or okay, my travel plans probably put on hold. I'm not sure about my job. Um, so first and foremost, like, like people that are listening, if you've still got a job and have a stable job, then be grateful. I think that's maybe one thing that some people may be like overlooking. Um, but being, being grateful that you've got employment, and I certainly am, uh, especially during this time, um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, but then, yeah, it's, I think most people kind of shy away from it, but it's like, if I ask you what you, what you expect to be at in five years time, not many people can answer that with a lot of confidence. Um, and that's what's can be scary. Um, when someone can't really answer that, cause it's like, they haven't really thought about it. They might give an airy fairy answer. Um, but really knuckling down at that, you know, five year mark um, or even 10 year mark, they might think it's really far away. But as I'm experiencing uh, after I suppose maybe 21, it kind of goes really quickly. (laughs) It's elusive. Yeah. You think it's, Oh, it's forever away. And then all of a sudden you're 25 and then you're closer to 30 and who knows what's happening. I hope I didn't lose you, Rob. No, I'm still there, mate. Still there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you get to 25 and you're like, Oh, that's, that's a quarter life century. We're going to, how much longer, you know, things are going up quick. Biological clock is running and what are we going to do about it? Champ. Yo. Yeah. It all accelerates after the, Big guy, you've just, you've frozen up on me there. Oh, there you are. You're back. Yeah. How much longer? That's right. Yeah. So it all accelerates after that, Um, which, yeah, if I, if I want to echo the statement, like a lot of your financial success, yeah, if all of your financial success is built, I suppose, uh, in your late twenties, 
um, early 30s, all those strong foundations with, you know, good financial sense really sets you up and propels you. So because like when you would look like when you look at, at those that are in their, you know, early 30s, uh, you know, they're starting a family and stuff like that. You know, you look at them and they go, wow, I, I don't know if that could be me. Um, and it's, it's as simple as just getting um, started with your finances, just being aware of it. You don't even have to do anything. As long as you're aware of what you're in, like the, the easiest way to look at it is what you are earning as you're in and what is your out. Now, if your out is higher than your in, you've got a problem. You sound like and you're doing weight you're, management. You, you sound <laughs> like someone whose calories in equals calories out. And if you need to manage your weight, you need to look at both ends of the spectrum. If you're not exercising, <laughs> then you're going to start adding up. So if you're spending more than you earn, all of a sudden yeah. you're going to have no money. <laughs> same concept in a way. It's exactly the same concept because it's like your calories in, calories out. Like it, it's the same process. It's the same with money because it's like if I'm spending more than I'm earning, that's a problem. And um, that will always continue to be a problem until you either – level it out or your income like your ins is more than your outs <laughs> mm, mm, mm. yeah and um it, it kind of scares me that most people in in our generation kind of live on the other spectrum they they spend more than they actually earn um it scares the yeah, shit out of me to be honest again man i'm here is a little bit patchy. sorry rob you're on mute yeah i got you you're there it's really patchy just then <laughs> That's all right, my man. Um, I just dropped out for some reason. And she's love internet problems. Oh, yeah, I love it. Internet's great. Love it. Beautiful. It's um, it's a blessing <laughs> and a curse. Thank you, Macquarie, for setting up my Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, where was I? Um, I guess we're, we're talking about, you know, people our age in our generation spending more than they earn. It scares the shit out of me. Yeah, so I just caught you after the ins and outs. Yeah. yeah, that sort of stuff. It just scares the crap out of me that um, my mates might not have an income next week. You know what I mean? Um, I kind of feel yeah. guilty that I've gone out and, and learned a little bit about finances and that these people are still struggling. Like I try and, I, but I'm not in a position to give advice. I'm a dummy. I've got no idea when it comes to, to money. I'm, this is why I'm asking you. Like um, I need the help as much as the people around me. So, um, yeah, I guess, thank you for doing what you're doing. That, that's, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, my, my job obviously is to just try to get the message out as much as I can. Um, just to, yeah, even general knowledge. And I suppose if you come back to another tip, um, getting a like personal finance because some people might see that as a way out because that comes back with the ins and outs, right? So if you're out to too high and you go, I, I don't have enough money to pay rent, um, then I might need to get a, a personal loan for that. I mean, if circumstances sort of uh, prevail, if you don't have to get a personal loan or bad like credit card, like max out your credit card, then don't do it because yeah. you know, that's what we call bad debt and bad debt is bad debt and you're just going to keep digging yourself in a hole um, until you sort out. Maybe you just got to look at your, your expenses. Are you paying for a subscription that you hardly ever use you yeah. know, as, a, as a fixed expense? Get yeah. rid of it yeah, if, if yeah. you can't afford it. Like 
Too many you know, people sort of like, uh, you know, our age as well, they live in the FOMO sort of space. Oh, they're on Netflix, they're, like, on, they're on KO, they're yeah. on Stan, they're on Binge, they're on all this. They're They've on, even got Foxtel. Like, they're on um, everything. Just and, all you and, need is okay. KO, you've got rugby league and you're happy. Like, what else do you need? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah. And even um, you don't even need KO. So yeah. Like, you could get, you know, five of your mates to pitch in to, you know, everyone pays, or 12 of your mates, everyone pays once a year yeah. for a monthly subscription and you share that amongst yeah. your mates. Like, sorry, KO, it's probably going yeah. against your terms and policies, but um like if you're looking to be thrifty that's a good way 100 percent, and that's that's all things that you just like if you haven't heard of it then you know just jump on because i'm there are plenty of so many things on online like online that have lists and tell you how to sort of like divert your money in a better way um but yeah like you just got to take a good hard look at your expenses and go am i really using this is this giving me the value that i I value it at, um, and if not, then just get rid of it. Um, yeah. yeah, almost like a deep cleanse of your finances. Yeah, I mean, for an example, I don't know if this is a good idea or not. Um, I had a, a real hard look. I'm with Telstra, and I really I trust them as a phone company, um, being the main provider for Australia. But I know they just extort every, all their customers of all their money, um, but they provide a good service. So I actually had a look at my plans like last year. And going, hmm, I pay way too much money for my phone and I don't earn enough to justify paying this long term considering all my other expenses. Um, I should go and buy my phone outright and and get a a cheaper monthly bill. Now, I'm not saying that everyone needs to go and do Telstra and whatnot, but like little things like... I I lost you again. I hope this doesn't drop out, mate. Sorry. You got me? Love it. Love, love a laggy internet. It's, it has to be me for those that are listening. Um, yeah, so I was just talking about a phone plan when I went and had a look at my phone plan. And essentially, I had to go through and look at all my different plans to try and, look, try and get a cheaper option that was more sustainable. And just a little thing like mm-hmm. that, it's, it's made a big difference. I've managed to save, what, 50-odd bucks a month in in just one one transaction that I do every month, it, it was simple, but for me it made a big difference. And everyone's got their own little personal stories that they need to go and investigate. But if they're not taking an honest look at things, they can't just you know inertia. You can't just keep going down the same beaten path and expecting a different result. Yep, I agree. I agree, and that's a pretty good example, Rob. Uh, just with your phone plan, because everyone traditionally does have a phone plan. Um, so that's like, that's just one great sort of avenue that you can look towards, uh, saving money, uh, in terms of like, if, uh, for example, if you, you know, lucky enough to live at home already, uh, like own your own home. So any of the expenses that you've got, like electricity, gas, every year you can rinse that, like you cycle that and you match them up with their competitors and, you go for now it might not be the the cheapest one like you don't have to go for the cheapest one but the one that offers you what you want and what you need that's the one that you'd go for mm. right um and 
that's where you can make your cost savings um, to any of your fixed costs that you've already got just to help that ins and outs sort of flow. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's a good example, Rob, um, with, with your phone plan. So big, big tick on that one. I look at that, I guess I look at that the same way I look at, um, I look at people management. Like, so if I want to work with a good team, yes, I want people that are talented and whatnot, but I also want to work with good people. If someone might have the most talent in the world, but they're a shit person or they've got a bad attitude or they're good to you, but shit to, you know, the waiter when you go out to a a restaurant, to me, Mm -hmm. they're not worth having in the team. That, that bit of negativity Mm -hmm. is just going to ruin everything in terms of culture long-term. And I look at finances in the same way. Is, is, is that like a, a, a theme that sort of comes up with you guys or? Yeah, uh, so like I would, I would definitely agree because if you talk about developing a relationship with an advisor, you want someone that uh, you can understand um, and that you can get along with not just talking about your finances but you know, out, of, out of the workspace as well. It's someone that you can have trust that you can just chat to them about a lot of things um, because then nothing can change overnight. You know what I mean? Because when you talk about developing a winning culture, you don't just pull together the, the best 17 on a rugby team and expect them to win. If they don't have good harmony with each other, then nothing's going to work. So that's the same with your finances. You talk to someone about your finances. You want good harmony between between the two um, so that it's always me being like me being able to add value and then being able to open up uh, you know, and, and talk about difficult things that they probably weren't comfortable saying in the first place. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, it's just that, that strong little trust sort of um, connection that you need to have. Hey, going back to bad debt, what you were talking about before, with all mm-hmm. these government handouts at the moment, oh, yeah. there has to be some terrible mistakes which are being made right now in terms of people pulling yep. tons and tons of money out of super and, you know, yep. thinking that they're doing a good job. Um, yep. Paying off a debt, yeah. like, so I've, I've probably got a big gripe with yeah. I, so I've probably got a pretty big gripe with the the ten thousand. Uh, so for most people that know, if if you're suffering from financial hardship, you're able to take out ten thousand dollars from your super um, as as an early release. So traditionally, super you're not allowed to touch it until uh, you meet a, a a reason to be able to touch it. So um, that's you know retiring you know, entirely from the workplace uh, or you're reaching age 65. Um, so for, to be able to take out money to put as a stopgap, I understand what the government is doing, that it's trying to help out those that are really struggling. But then I know that there probably, uh, there's a group of people that would be thinking it's free money that they can take out. And if, we, if I talk about something, you know, if I go like compound interest, if you talk about putting money in now, that's what it's going to be worth down the track. So you taking out, you know, if you take out the max $10,000 now, you've probably hurt your superannuation balance when it comes to retirement in, you know, 30, 40 years time. It might seem small now, but that 10,000 could probably be worth 100, 150 grand down the track. You know, if we're talking about the likes of compound interest. So a lot of people are caught up in the feelings mode and the uh, like and and the wants sort of space and um, the, I guess that's probably the wrong mentality to have. But I mean, the government's done what they've done. Uh, so I would just urge people that if they were considering 
um, taking out in 10,000, like just to maybe sleep on it. Like, you know, any big, like, I guess the, the, another tip that I can give is that if it's anything more than, I suppose, 5% or 10% of your disposable income that you're going to spend or take out or do something with that amount of money, just sleep on it. Um, and if it kind of feels, because when you sleep on it, you tend to think a little bit more clearer the next day and that all the emotion might have been sucked out of it. Um, so then you might be able to make better financial decisions after that. Um, but I would, yeah, if you wanted to take out that tent, I would strongly urge you well, think when, about it. When would there be a good option to take that 10 grand out? Like in what case would you go, oh, actually this would be a good reason. There isn't one. <laughs> if, if you're about to get evicted, yeah, like, I mean, if you're about to get evicted, like if there was literally like you, you had no money that, uh, that you had to be able to, that would dramatically change your lifestyle situation. Like you'd have to end up on the street then. Okay. Yeah, no, that's something you got to do, you know, for your livelihood and, and for the sake of, you know, you being a person, you need to do that. But if you're doing it to say, Oh, I want to, uh, I want to, I want to buy a car or I want to buy a house. This is just going to top up. Like it's just extra money for me. No, you don't, you don't need to do that. <laughs> um, you need to look at other ways of how to, prop up whatever money that you need. Like if it's just for discretionary spending, no, that's, it's not a, a right thing to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. You're using words that some people like, including myself, I'm like, I don't use that all the time. Discretionary spending, disposable okay. income. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to unpack yeah. a couple of those? Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I guess I was, you, I was in that rambling mode where you, I was you're in saying, your own world. Don't mate. Do this, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so discretionary spending is just money that you think you've just got as extra that you can throw at something that you like. Um, and your disposable income is the income that you've, you've got. Um, so it's just money that you've got available at you. Now it could be for rent. It could be for the bills. Um, but it's just dispose, It's just money that you can you've got that you can spend. Um, so, yeah. If we come back to the tips, what I like to say is just with your cash flow that you allocate whatever comes in to what it needs to go to, and then anything that you've got extra, that's what you can call your discretionary spend fund. So it's the stuff that if I feel like wanting to do something, I can spend it on this. But having said that you need to have a portion that you're allocating to savings because otherwise if you just spend what you earn, you're just going to always be at neutral and you'll never accomplish any of your goals that you want to mm. down the track. Even if it's, you know, traveling, I know you're an avid traveler. Um, yep. if, if you want to do those sorts of things, that all comes into play as well. Like that's that. Would you 100%. say if you were setting up um, yeah, so if you, payments that you'd want a proportion to go to that? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, that's it. So yeah. you would just allocate a proportion that you would go, if I wanted to travel now in a good world, if we could travel again, because <laughs> I don't think we can travel in the foreseeable future. <laughs> maybe to New Zealand. If you were, let's say you want, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, right? So if you wanted to travel to, to say Europe next year during the summer, which would be July next year, you've got one year that you can allocate every time your pay comes in, that you allocate a, a portion of it to your travel fund, your Europe fund. So that when the time comes around, you know exactly how much you can spend. You don't feel bad about it and you're well in tune with what your ins and outs are that you've got a, a separate sort of fund that you know exactly is going to Europe and you can say, okay, I, I want to stay at this place 
I want to go see this. I've got money in my travel budget to go and do that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's as simple as just trying to get yourself organized, right? All right. Yes. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. An Excel spreadsheet will do the world. Uh, and no, no, I know not people will like that, but an Excel spreadsheet goes a long way in terms of uh, really knuckling down on, on what you, what you've got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've heard that before, but um, I guess it's good to be reminded of that. So no, thanks. Um, if I did have some spare cash, where do I throw it? So, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at shares at the moment. Um, everyone kind of my age got that nice little carrot dangled in front of them when Bitcoin was all around and I guess ripple and blockchain. Um, what, what would you say in terms of like looking into those things? Yeah. So it was really funny when uh, Bitcoin sort of blew up, we had a really funny conversation in the office here that we all sort of looked at each other and just went, yep, it's one of those phases again. Huh? <laughs> it's just one of those things that comes and everybody, you know, sees it and it's a new shiny thing and everyone wants to jump in on it. It's like a power um, band. Do you remember? Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you were around that's when right. Benji Marshall yeah, yeah, was... Yeah. Yeah, the power oh, band. Yep. Yeah. Flapped on the power band. It just means your sporting <laughs> performance went through the roof, right? <laughs> oh, placebo is some of the best stuff in the world. Yeah. So stuff like, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. So stuff like, like Bitcoin and that, we, a lot of people inquired about it and our strong advice was to actually just stay away from it because it's, it's not something that you sort of want to be dabbling in. Unless, unless you've really got that disposable income that you're willing to throw around then um, we always said, nah, you just got to stay away from it. Um, but coming back to your question, I mean, if, if anyone's got disposable income, like that little bit of extra bit of play money, so to speak, that, you know, they've got and they want to know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, play money. Um, We're not playing Monopoly here. This is real the, life. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the, the one thing you just got to ask yourself is, what do you want to do? Like, what, what are you hoping to get out of it? Um, you know, what, what do you, what do you want to do in, you know, a couple of years time? Do you want to buy a house? You know, um, do you want to buy an investment property? If you've already got a house, you know, it's, it's those type of things that you've got to think about to go, okay, is, if I do something now with it, is it going to help me for my goal that I really want to get in a couple of years time? You know, um, that's, that's what you've got to be thinking at now. If you, if you want to allocate, you know, if you, if you were interested in shares and stuff like that, you can have conversations, you know, with me, with, with anybody about it. Um, and if you wanted to sort of dabble in it on your own and just play around with, you know, investing in a couple of shares, like, you know, if you, if you wanted to invest in your Combank shares, like stuff that's really broadly known, then you can. Because as I would say, experience is probably a really good teacher. Um, so you could jump in and then you'd be checking it every day and saying, oh, I made a little bit of money or I lost a little bit of money. Um, so it would give you a bit of feel cause you've actually got skin in the game and, um, you can sort of <laughs> ride the emotions up and down. But I think if you're speaking long-term, I would always say you need to sit down and map out what you want to, what you want to achieve in you know, five, 10 years time. And that's what you're going to be focusing that money on. Um, uh, into into doing so that, I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah. I guess for me, I look at it in like, okay, I've been I've been saving for a little while. I've had money in a bank account, but um, is it better off, you know, in the share market than in a bank account? Um, where mm -hmm. do I just get a, a safe a safe investment? 
whatever that means in, in terms of um, shares, like a, a low index fund where they sort of diversify, yep. diversify risk. Um, it, it's still a risk regardless, but like, I guess just trying to set up a way where your money is working for you rather than you're working for that money. Um, yep. I mean, the Goldilocks formula doesn't really exist in, in this world and no. you, you oh, just need to work. Be rich. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be easy, but it, it's not. And um, I guess what I'm hearing from you is just air with caution. And if you do get that experience, you know, you might burn your fingers, but you won't put your hand on the hot plate again. That's right. Yeah. So it could be a lesson learned. But so like, as I would say, you, you could, uh, it, it all depends on, on your goals, right? So for example, now, like let's, if we just run a, a really you know, light case study. So if someone wanted to buy like someone in your situation, if yep. I don't know if you're looking to buy a house, right. Yep. Yep. Um, down the track, the biggest barrier to entry for most millennials, I would say our age is accumulating the deposit. Hundred um, percent. I've been looking at that so for most ages. Most people would have an income, you know, as as they've got employment. But I'm yeah. also a uni student yeah. at the moment, so, so like nothing's happening until I go full time workforce. Correct. So f- yeah. For so, me, I've kind yeah, of got a realistic people, view. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm yeah. looking at like, what do yeah. I need to get the twenty percent for LVR? Like, do I do I want to avoid lenders' mortgage insurance or like, yep. what's the play there? Yes. So all, yeah, all really valid sort of things to look at, which is something that most people wouldn't even be aware of that the 20% deposit that you're talking about, the lender's mortgage insurance, they're not even really aware of that. Um, but yeah, most people, it's the barrier to entry is the deposit. So uh, if, I, if I just speak generally, most people would, like if they're out of uni, they would have an, you know, a full-time employment and it would be paying them an income, which is great. And that's the one that will service the loan. Um, but the biggest barrier is the deposit because most people will be, okay, I've been working for a couple of years now. Uh, I've saved up a little bit of deposit. Can I buy a house? And most brokers, now these days, 20% that you don't require 20% of a, a house deposit. Yeah. These days you could probably get away with maybe a 10 to 15% deposit, but then it would you know, require insurance. But then that's the conversations that you would have with me or, or a mortgage broker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just in that exact you know that scenario that you would go okay if I'm if I can't buy in five years maybe I put some money in, into a, a, an index fund that's got low cost and will give me a steady return. But you need to be aware that if you wanted to go and buy a place, you wouldn't want to take your money out of the share market if it's in a bit of a lull. Yeah. Because then what it means is you're going to crystallize your loss and it's, you're not giving it enough time to uh, recoup its losses and to give you a gain. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is the money that you want to probably put in a, in a share fund, um, be like, have it in the back of your mind that it's, you probably, you can take it out when you want, but is it in your best interest? That's when you need to look at, right? And just as a as a disclaimer, I suppose anything that we have talked about is, is not financial. <laughs> like everyone's scenario is a little bit different. Hundred so percent. It's not. Uh, it's general in nature. To, just to, to people. Yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> hundred. No, no, that's good. Uh, I, I don't want to get sued, and I don't think you yeah. do either. Um, but like, it, no, it's these conversations need to be had, and the the more that they had in public rather than behind closed doors, it, it's only going to open that conversation up to have them behind closed doors. So it, it's only yeah. going to help people. Um, down the track and I hope people get, get the value out of this. Um, 
Yeah. And if someone was trying to set up, I guess, for me, when I look at that, what you're, what you're talking about in terms of stock markets, like I look at it now and I go, oh, everything's on sale because it's down since March. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then you want to sell when there's a boom because um, you're not going to get much higher and every stock is different and every fund is different and, yep. and whatnot. Um, so you just need yeah. to play your own game. And even Correct. between yeah. stocks, you've got to play a different game. Say, yeah. That's right. Yeah. But traditionally, I would say that um, investing in shares, it's, it's not a short-term thing. Um, most investing is, it should be done for the long term. If you wanted to make quick cash, then you know, be my guest, go ahead. But if you ever see a professional, like if you're just talking about a professional advisor, they would never say buy now and then sell in a year's time. That's gambling. You may as well go to yeah, the casino. That's right. Like... Exactly. That is exactly right. Yeah. If you wanted the quick return, you just might as well go to the, go to the casino. play blackjack at um, the star. Like, it doesn't make Correct. sense. Yeah. Actually, don't that's go right. to the star but at the moment. Hey, they got Rob, COVID stuff. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't do that's that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but hey, Rob, some people think, they, some people think like that, right? And it's, uh, you need to just you know, frame them in a way that to go, okay, that's not how you should be thinking. Um, you need to be thinking longer term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, well, I mean, I've had it drilled into me as as a, as a young fella, like you need to sort yourself out early and it's up to you because um, at the end of the day, no one's going to look after you except for you. Um, yep. It's not the government's right. job to give you a handout. It's not your parents' job yep. to give you money when they die, um, like even while they're alive. Um, it's up yep. to you to sort yourself out. And if you don't look after yourself, no one else will. If you're willing to Correct. help yourself, yeah. people want to help you. Yeah. But if you're not willing to That's help right. yourself, they're just going to let you be because you're a lost cause. Correct. And it's look, yeah. it's not the case, but this is the situation that people find themselves in. Yeah. It's, yeah I agree. Yeah. yeah, It's quite sad sometimes, but um, if you can sort of, you, you just want to try to give as much um, advice that you can to just try to get them on, on their way and you know, get them going. Um, I guess that would be, you know, it's a fulfilling thing, uh, which is why I suppose I got into the space in the first yeah. place. Yeah. I mean, we both have the helping complex. We've just approached it from a different perspective. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for you, it's, it's, it's money and finance. For me, it's, you know, getting your body and your health in, in order. And I guess the way we started this podcast, we're looking at it like if you don't have your health intact or if you don't have your finances intact, there's things that are just not going to go well for you in, in this world. And um, having one thing out of kilter is just going to unravel everything else. Yep. People yeah, I that agree. like when we look at, I guess, groups that struggle financially, those groups also tend to have comorbidities. They have, um, they're overweight. They have a poor diet. They don't exercise as much. These are the people that don't look after themselves in general. Now, again, yep. this is very generalized and uh, across the board, that's not always the case, but, it's a sad fact that when, you know, one thing is lacking, everything else starts to follow. It becomes a bit of a habit. You know, you get yep. lazy, which is not always the case again, but you get lazy in, in terms of finances or you get lazy in terms of exercise. Or you get lazy in terms of diet. You think, oh, that one burger won't do me any damage. And then that one burger mm-hmm. becomes two and two mm-hmm. beers become four. And by the end of yep. it, you know, a month down the track, you've put on three kilos of, yep. of fat and you're like, and you huh. just look, where did it go, go wrong? Oh, well, I'm down this path now. Let's just keep going. And it's like, no, yep. no, yeah. stop. 
like you can change it and it's not that hard like the amount of actual effort that you need to put in to make a difference is is nothing it's minuscule yeah very minimal yeah like i i think the way i look at my finances i don't even spend more than an hour on it a month in terms of managing my finances um considering you feel like you've got a better idea of of where everything is right that's it so that's it's just a, it's a small little thing uh, that people kind of put off because they think, ah, it's probably too hard, but it doesn't take long. You it's know? one episode of MasterChef, mate. It's not, <laughs> it's not hard. Like, yeah. I just, you know, do it. Just do it. Like, yeah. it's not, go have that conversation. If you don't know, ask someone. Yeah. It's, it's like the basic thing. Like, if you need that's help, it. people are out there to help you. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I guess... That's just like my thing in general. Just don't yep. play, just don't play the victim card. Yeah. yeah. Don't play the victim card. Yeah. You know, you know, go, go and look after yourself and, and people will yeah. look after you. Yeah, that's right. And like almost all you got to do is reach out because there are plenty of people that are willing to help um, that often will do it, you know, out of their own, you know, goodness, goodness of their heart, because that's, I guess that's, that's people in general. Now, sure. You might get a, a couple of bad eggs where they'll give you a bad experience, but, I mean, that's everywhere, right? So you just got to be uh, optimistic about hoping that you, you connect with the right people. Um, but, you know, don't ever crawl into your own shell and think you're the only person that's going through that type of hardship. 100%. 100%. I mean, that got real deep right there. But, like, it, it, sometimes these conversations need to be had. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, before we move away from, I guess, finance and that sort of stuff, is is there anything else that sort of mm-hmm. people should consider? Um, like, do, is there a finance app that they need to, you know, have a look at? Is there one thing that you go, well, if you're going to do anything, this is it? Uh, that's, that's, there's a lot to narrow down there, Rob. I think you, <laughs> if, if you're just after one, if they're after just one tool, yeah, um, true. My, like, the, the one thing I suppose there's, there's a money smart, um, there's a money smart app. Uh, I think it's by the government or the ATO, one of the two, but it's a very, just a generic sort of, uh, if you're not into Excel spreadsheets, yeah. If you want to Google it, um, uh, it's not the ATO app, smart. is it? I don't know. It's not the ATO app. Um, yeah, it's money, money smart. Um, it okay. probably might be a website as well. I think they've got an app, but it, if, if you're not into uh, Excel spreadsheets, uh, I think this one gives you a templated one already uh, that you can sort of fill in your income and expenses. Um, that's like, I would just urge people, like if there's one thing they get away from this is just sit down for a day um, and then just go through everything that you've got. Um, so that includes your, you know, your superannuation as well, um, your cars, and just, just really just drill down on everything that you own, everything that you pay for and your income. And it's just going to give you a nice little overview of where you're at. And then the question that you can ask yourself is, is what I'm doing right now going to help me in five years' time? Get that's to where just, I want to be. Yeah, yeah it's a simple... It's as simple as this. Yeah. Mm. It's a simple question that if you can ask yourself that... And if you can answer it confidently, then, you know, you can, you can sleep easy. But if yeah. you're not, then you need to take a good hard look at yourself and um, really work out what you need to change to get you there. Now, 
that might be difficult and that's when you might need to sit down with you know someone like me or, or someone else you know in the finance industry just to sort of knuckle it down um, but that's where you know then you need to put an action plan in place because if you're not going to get to where you want to go you know five years time then um, it's just not going to change overnight. <laughs> the more I think about it, there's more and more parallels in the two industries that we have. Like the way that you talk about finance is the way that I talk about mindfulness and in terms of stress management, pain management and, and your diet. So people that are looking at dietary change, one of the biggest things yeah, that have come out doesn't happen overnight, right? No. Nah. You need to have yeah. a goal. You need to know where you want to go and what you want to do and know that yes, it is achievable but yes, you do have to work for it. Now, in terms of getting a plan in action, some of the simplest things that you can actually do have the biggest effects. And that is mindfulness in this case, where if you are simply aware of what's going on, you're going to make better decisions. If you, so I guess for us, when we look at diet and we make recommendations in that regards, I, I will tell someone, I say, before you eat something, Think about how fulfilling this is meant to be, what you expect it to be, and how satisfying you expect it to be. And then think about that afterwards. So mm -hmm. when you actually track that over time, you're going to come to realize when you eat a meal full of whole foods, which is fresh and healthy, you're going to feel better. You're going to be more satisfied and more fulfilled afterwards than you were before. The thing with fast food is that people just get excited about the thought of fast food. Once you've had it, it's actually not satisfying and you still need to eat again. If you have hot chips, you're going to want more hot chips. But if you have even a burger can be fulfilling, it actually fills you up. You have substance in there. Then you don't need the extra chips. And yep. in this regards, you don't need to spend the extra money on Netflix because you, your girlfriend's got it. Or yep. you know, your mate down the road has it. Like yeah, yep. little things. I guess you could liken it to a to an impulse buy as well. And it's like if I saw something that I go, oh, that would that would be great. Let me buy it. And then you've got it, and you kind of look at it and go, well, I probably didn't really need it, um, and now I've got it. So <laughs> here's one that's a crossover: that Theragun. You know the, uh, yeah. the, the massage thing. Um, yep. Yep. Oh, just. I scratched my head on that. I mean, I talked about <laughs> this with um, on, on a previous podcast with uh, Kev Vung and yeah, his advice was steer clear and, and mine's pretty similar. I mean, if you enjoy it, go for it, but um, don't yep. think it's going to replace an actual massage or um, yep. hot cold therapy or any proper recovery work that you're actually going to do because no, yep. it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough then. Uh, it's yeah. a good tip to know. Um, There's a whole lot of myths out there in the uh, sports science and physiotherapy world that um, unfortunately have been around for a long time that bit by bit we're just going to unmask and people in. are going to realise yeah. that. Well, the thing is, in the olden days, that's all they had. So that's what they used. And then you've got these mm -hmm. sort of old minded physios that are teaching younger physios on how to do things and, Oh, mm. do an ultrasound. That's going to help. Mm. And then I kind of, I scratch my head and I go, how and you no, look at the evidence. Really? <laughs> yeah. You look at the evidence and there's, you know, yeah. no, no definitive answer. And 
I guess it's it's frowned upon, but it's used as a an added modality. If if they find yep. that the patient enjoys it and they get a benefit out of it, then then why not use it's it? It's a tick for them. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I kind of go. If I was mm, doing that practice, yeah, I couldn't justify giving that to a patient. But as long as they yeah. can justify so it, I guess good on them. Yep. Yeah. So I guess this is the, yeah, this is, this is the, I guess the benefit of your podcast, right? It's just, you're just trying to get the information out there to, to tell everyone that it's not what you hear and what you see may not be the right, you know, the right thing. Mm. Um, and just to do your own little bit of research as well to just delve down because just like the sporting and, and you know, the science behind, you know, the sports industry and, and whatnot, there are myths in finance as well that people believe, um, that they think is the right thing as well. Um, My old man yeah. <laughs> told me stay clear of shares. He's dead scared of it. He because uh, he yeah. doesn't understand it. And I'm like, if you don't understand yeah. it, don't get into it. I get it, but yeah. you can yeah. educate yourself. Correct. That's right. right. Yeah, you don't have to be. You don't have to to live your life in fear and to never never go into it. It's you're 100 right. You just need to educate yourself and get a bit of understanding. Speak to more people about it. Because then you're able to gain different points of view, differing opinions, and then you're able to make a more educated, informed choice. Everyone has a phone these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's it's not yeah. hard. Um, That's right. A yeah. bit of research. The age that we live in. Like, come on. That's yeah. it. Yeah. All the information is in your hand at all times. Yeah. It's just, what are you yeah. looking at? Are you watching a TikTok video of, of a cat being <laughs> suspicious or... Are you actually doing some fact checking and trying to educate yep. yourself? That's it. Why not yeah. a bit of both? All right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, that's a lot of the serious stuff. We we got that out of the way, and hopefully, people got a lot out of that. But I know you're yep. a, you're an avid um, Putty Cat supporter. You you go for the yeah. Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, um, I do. <laughs> and so you should be cheering right now, considering that they're they're on a bit of a winning streak. Now, as an honest person, um, you, yep. what is your take on their odds of the premiership this year and um, them against Parramatta? Oh, yeah, mate. Who's going to be finishing top of the ladder? I have um, I, in the office as well. Um, this, particularly the last couple of weeks, I have been strongly voicing my opinion to say that I think we are going to win the premiership this year. Um, Big call. And I don't say that often because I'm a realist. Because I'm a realist. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Remember, (laughs) guys, he's a financial analyst, not a sports analyst. So, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, you're a realist. And and Penrith had the grit to go and do it? or That's right. Yeah, that's what I think. It's it's just because, like, because I've, I've followed them for a long time um, and we have been pretty rubbish, you know, for patches of that. And to be a fan during then is very difficult, right? That's so, every Parramatta supporter so, ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, most Parramatta right. supporters weren't alive when their premiership happened back in the Correct, 80s. Yeah. Like, but they've got a strong fan base, right? Very, know, so very. During, during the, the Hain <laughs> start of sort of phase, they're all coming out of the woodwork, right? Yep. But I was there. I was there when when Penrith are getting they don't make the eight and we're we're, we're languishing at the bottom, wooden spooners, that type of stuff. So, me looking at the team now, I I really like it. Like I I think that they've got what it takes to to take it 
all the way, um, especially looking at, you know, the teams that were, you know, the forefront runners. So, you know, you're talking about the Storm and the Roosters and the Raiders and even... Poor Raiders, poor Raiders right yeah, now, man. Right. Yeah. I feel so sorry yeah. for them. I mean, so many injuries, like... Yep. I just, I can't see them finishing as strong as they did last year. Um, yep. And they had so much yeah. promise, so much promise. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I like, they were likely at the beginning of, you know, pre-COVID, they were looking good. And then post-COVID, their attack was just wasn't, wasn't up to par. So it, it was maybe to, at the point where they might have just found form before finals, which is the, the, the bit that they needed to take it all away. But having Hodgson go down, I think that's, yeah, yeah that's really tough for them. Mate, that's rough. I mean, for you, you're surrounded by Tigers supporters. Is that right? Or is that just the nature yeah. of your job? <laughs> no, yeah. So uh, the, the guys that, that, you know, the top of the company, they're, they're big Tigers supporters. So they're, they're used to finishing ninth. Um, so I think they're okay <laughs> outside the eight. So they don't sort of pipe up too much. They sort of resound to, to understanding where the club is at. And they're just, you know, they're happy if they make the eight player finals game, you know. They're stuck in 2005 and they just want to see Benji Marshall play out his days. Correct. Yeah, that's it. You know, they loved it when Robbie was back. You know, Robbie and Benji were, were back tandem. They loved that then. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, but I think Penrith are a good, good, good shot. Um, Appy Coruscant, mate, he's the buyer of the season. Um, even better than Harry Grant, I think, at, uh, you know, the player swap with the Tigers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he's... Um, and even the departing department of uh, James Maloney mm. is, is just, I think, because I'd always said that Cleary was the guy that runs the show. Like, he's, he's the guy that needs to, he's the seven because he's, uh, I don't know, he's decision-making and just the way he plays, he's all effort. And when you see mm. players, and like, I mean, you talk about footy, right? Effort. If, if effort's there, like, the results and, and whatnot will all come. But as long as you're putting in an effort and you're trying to do the right things, and you've got a, a you know a strong motor. It's it's a winning team. You know what I mean? So mm. yeah, I, I really like I really like him, mate. I'm I'm getting excited. You know, <laughs> can't get, can't I can hear it in your voice, mate. It's good. <laughs> it's it's good. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's um, that's pretty cool. I guess I got to put it out there that um, in my position as a referee, and hopefully working my way up to the ranks to to first grade one day. Um, that's my end goal. That I've already signed yeah. a contract going. Hey, look! You're not allowed to have any biases and whatnot, and um, I can I can happily say that I don't. I mean, I was raised as a I was born in Australia, but my parents are Kiwis, so I was born I was raised watching rugby union, but playing rugby league. So um, very confused young man, where he had to go and watch the All Blacks one day, and they're doing these lineouts, and then I go to the footy, yep. and I'm like, well, when do I get picked up? Like who's throwing yeah. me in the air? And um, yeah. I learned real quick, but uh, it was a bit different. And I guess I've fallen in love with the game of rugby league in, in that regards and um, hopefully make it to the highest levels. But um, for, for those that keep asking me and um, no, I don't have a team and I'm just a big fan of the game. So yeah. even, even like coming up as a kid, I just, I just enjoyed watching footy and playing footy and being around it. Um, as a junior, I grew up in Parramatta district and I thought I was playing for Parramatta Eels as a little six year old. And you go out to Parramatta stadium and you're running on before the NRL guys, you think you are playing for Parramatta Eels, but, um, 
yeah, little little Robbie had to figure that out the hard way that he that he wasn't a first grade player, <laughs> that he wasn't on TV, yep. and um, he wasn't as good as he thought. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit different. But, oh, that's kind of funny. Uh, um, well, that, yeah. no, that's good um, to be totally unbiased. Um, I mean, if I can just pick your brains as well, because I mean, there have been a couple of calls oh. in the NRL um, that you know, uh, head scratches. And I mean, I think even, you know, the boss, Graham Ainsley, comes out and he, and he says that, you know, there are wrong calls and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, obviously that don't, that doesn't change the result that's happened. Um, yep. Yep. So it's, just, it's just part of, you know, human nature that, you know, humans make mistakes and that we're just going to be able to live with it. So, I'm, like, I'm, I'm completely understanding of it. Um, you know, certainly I'm glad that Penrith, I suppose, haven't had a... A, a rubbish call yet that's costing two <laughs> points <laughs> so i guess that's maybe uh why i'm sort of impartial to it as yet but you know um i mean like what are your thoughts on it that it's you you understand as well that it's just the nature of the game that um you know everyone makes a wrong call you know every now and again yeah i mean i've i've got to be careful with what i say here i mean i, I can mm. like come under you know don't do this sort of thing after that but <laughs> yeah um I'll, I'll try and give as as good of opinion that i can from a referee's perspective which unfortunately isn't out there as much um just by the nature of things the more we stick our neck out the more people want to try and chop it off so yep. um yep. i think it's a bit of self-preservation and um, I, I get it. Like you, you don't want to put yourself in the limelight just to be burnt and um, unnecessarily so. But if there's, you know, a call in particular, I, I guess I can give my opinion on it. Um, but the thing is, I'm not the man standing out there with the whistle. Like so yeah. many camera angles, so many different things. Unless you're the person standing out there blowing the whistle, having to make that decision. Or if, how do you know? Exactly. Exactly. Like I'll sit, everyone can be an armchair, armchair. um, bloody video ref. Yeah. Um, Look, you're not in the hot seat. If you make the call (laughs) and you get it wrong with your highest decisions, because you've got your team that you support, the the putty cats are are down by seven and this one would get them up and above and and whatnot. And um, so... It's it's a tough spot, and wherever yeah. there is humans, there's going to be human error. Yep. And the thing is, I think they've actually gone through and they've looked at trying to get computers to referee the game, and it's just not going to do the job. Yeah. It, it can't be it doesn't done. Doesn't work. Um, yeah. And I think it's part of the reason why we do love rugby league, and you know there is human error in it. But it, this is never going to happen. But if you actually hold the players to the same standard that you hold the referees to the same standard. Yeah. If yeah. you look at number of drop balls versus number of missed tackles plus, you know, um, def- incorrect defensive decisions or tries let in or <laughs> everything that the 26-odd <laughs> players, you know, yeah. on the field, all the mistakes yeah. that they make, and you can they, weigh that up against they'd make decisions more. way more, <laughs> way yeah. more. Um, Do you know what's funny is because um, uh, I, I – I, Pre-COVID, I had refed a little bit, refed a little bit of Oztag in the city. Oh. I mean, uh, Siva, Siva needed to help out, so I, I refed a couple of games. Shout but out I think to I, I kind of, yeah, I think I kind of know the rules pretty well, right? 
Yeah. It's, it's a tough gig, man. You know what's yeah, the man. hardest thing that I find calling? And I guess I don't have a touchy, right? Is I can't call full pass. I can't tell ah. it's a full pass. But when I'm playing, especially I know at when Wenny Park. Pass is yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, with Wenny yeah. Park is the fields don't line up with that bridge. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't that, tell. You can't tell. Yeah. So you've got Perceptions no landmark. All off. Mm. Yeah. Especially but, at nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, 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 but when I'm playing, I'll know when a forward pass is thrown. Hundred percent. I'll know when a forward pass is thrown. But when I'm refing and I'm in the defensive line, I got no idea if, if a forward pass gets thrown or not. Yeah. But just when I'm when I'm playing and I'm defending, I'll know when a forward pass is thrown. Yeah, See, crazy. a little a little tip there is, um, as a referee, you don't want to just stand on your line and then go backwards to set the next defensive line. Mm-hmm. You need to come up with and follow the ball. So if the ball goes back two meters, you want to come up a meter and a half, uh, okay. right? Yeah. And if the ball gets spread deep, you need to arc around and follow that ball. So you can see that pass. Yeah. So these are things that we Requires go through. Requires a lot more running, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's, there's a steep learning curve from playing to refereeing. And I'd encourage anyone who wants to be a competitive player to go and become a referee because you learn the rules better and then yeah. you can exploit the rules better yeah. as a player. Yeah. Well, quite literally. Yeah, definitely. No, I, mean, I know. Yeah. I know a lot I, of people like I play Oztag as well. And I know a lot of people that don't want to referee me because they know, Oh, here we go. Here's Rob. He's going to try every <laughs> trick in the book because he knows every trick in the book. Yeah, and damn straight. Right. I will. And he'll like, bend the rules as much as he can. Mate, uh, if it's going to, to work in my favor, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And yeah. you're silly not to like yeah. um, people say Cameron Smith's one of the best players in the game. And that's because his knowledge of the laws yeah. is second to none. If yeah. he went and you know out. What's funny. Cause there are so many people that dislike Cameron Smith. I, I look from outside in. I get it. I, I, yeah, I get it as well, mm-hmm. but I just have so much respect for the guy. Cause the guy, like he's playing, he's playing a pretty rough sport. Right. And the common joke around that he's, he's your typical accountant build. You know what I mean? Like Mr. Counter, that he's going out there and he can dominate, he can dominate guys that are 140, 130 kilograms, wrestling to the ground. If he wins that wrestle, and it's sure he stays on a little bit long, but he's winning that, you know, like how can you, can you fault the man? <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the one that has exploited the rules to, to his extent. And I mean, I think they had him in a post match interview with, uh, did you watch the Raiders and storm game recently? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, they they were talking about the controversy with the yep. the sin bin the sin and whatnot. Yep. Um, yep. And he was asking for a penalty try. Now, if you're an actual referee, you're gonna just scratch your head and go, "Mate, like you're kidding yourself." But yep. um, <laughs> taking an honest opinion from it, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's funny that they consider him in that respect. Yeah, no? yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They, 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 they listen because his knowledge of the game is just mm. yeah, bar none. Um, so yeah, it's huge respect to him, man. Like I, I think, yeah, he's, he's the greatest of all time, especially in the NRL. Um, and yeah, I like, I, I just watched the Melbourne Storm to see how he, what he, like how he does it. You he's know taking I mean? notes like, for Oztag, how to do a double block, yeah. one block into <laughs> yeah. another block and then, oh wow, yeah. they scored a try. Yeah, that's it. Rugby um, league's creative. Nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, Actually, no. Um, there was one yeah. that you should have had a look at. It was Munster doing a, a double cutout into the the center coming in yep. um, and yeah, scoring yeah, yeah. a try. And I think Man, Manly ran a couple of, when Turbo was there, Manly mm. ran a couple of nice. Uh, outside in. Yeah. Well, like some of them were even, uh, Turbo comes really late out the back. 
and just slices in between. He's so they sweeping. run the block formation. Yeah. yeah, but they run the block formation and he just comes in really Fourth man. in behind. Yeah, yeah. really, yeah, yeah. like just really, really nice. Um, so, I think, yeah, Manly were definitely, like they're going to definitely be a threat when Turbo's back because, I mean, I don't know what goes on in Desi's head, but he, he knows his footy, right? <laughs> he gets a bunch of battlers and he puts them on a yeah. field and he says, go and battle. Yeah. He, he puts them um, through the ringer off the field yeah. um, and just... He can only do what he can to, to get him out there after that. So, um, yeah. I mean, he's one of the few coaches that hasn't gone through Craig Bellamy. Yeah. Like, uh, well, he's just come done his own thing, right? You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and been successful at it. So uh, props to him. Like, I, I, I mean, a lot of people don't like Manly. I don't, I don't, I don't get why. I just, I enjoy them watching them as a team. Maybe because they don't like Cherry Evans. I don't know. Let me to tell you why. <laughs> Because I could, hundred percent. So it's it's the <laughs> attitude thing, right? So the the premise is behind people outside of northern suburbs. The idea is that yeah. people from no- northern suburbs don't cross the spit bridge unless they have to, yeah. Yeah. right? And you Too know, good for everyone else, is like, it? Well, it's 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 a win win situation. But um, yeah. like I get it. They've got a nice area up there. It's not too bad by the water. But mm-hmm. um, the the persona is or they're all sort of up themselves because they're manly supporters. And so screw them. It's like a, that's why everyone doesn't like them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And there was this thing back in, um, before we were even born, um, bit of history of rugby league where manly were doing quite well and it was very questionable as to why. So, um, just how did they get these really good players? How could they afford it compared to everyone else? And, um, yeah, I mean, I don't bit, know. That's a bit like the Roosters now, right? Uncle the Sombrero. Nick. Yeah, Uncle Nick and uh, yeah, yeah and his Sombrero. Mr. Politis, <laughs> he's, um, he's a very busy man. And yep. um, yeah, I don't know what goes on behind the doors there. but <laughs> Let's um, just say they, uh, they run a, probably a pretty good financial ship. I don't even know. I mean, I've got friends that are in He's the car. Good advisors. In- well, I've got friends that are in the car industry. Um, and that's, you know, he owns some, the, the two biggest businesses in Australia in terms of uh, mm-hmm. car retail. And, you know, they, they talk about, they're, they're actually Roosters supporters and they talk about their boss and they kind of go, hmm, he's, he's an interesting person. He's... Um, yep. He's ruthless, <laughs> apparently. So, yeah. um, but you know, good on him to his successes and whatnot. But, I mean, for me, at the moment with football and refereeing, one of the things I actually enjoy seeing is um, when Cameron Smith was arguing a decision to Ash Klein, and Ash Klein turns around and goes, "Were well, you going to challenge it? Like, like, yeah. are you going? Like, are you going to challenge it? How to, how to the people these days? Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think a lot of refs come back these days because a lot of players will get in their face and complain about a call and. The ref's got an easy comeback these days. He just goes, do you want a challenger? You can challenge a Yes or no. You're out of challenges. Sorry, mate. Like, your time's yeah. up. Sorry, bud. Like, you've, you've oh, had your go. So, so. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, really funny. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good value. Um, what happens in, in the video box, the guys on the field, they can't control that. As soon as they make a decision in the bunker over in Redfern, whoever's on the field, they have to go with that. A lot of people don't understand that. Like some of the commentators are, are great most of the time, but sometimes their perspective is just so off. Like put them in a referee's yeah. um, position for a day and all of a sudden they'll just speak completely differently. 
Yeah, and I some commentators a have a lot of when the commentators, you know, when they're pushing their opinions that a lot of people listen to it and um, and sort of take it as, as factual. So I guess that's there. It's a little bit of a uh, bit of a, a grief on, on the game, but you know, it's just yeah. part of it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, we talk about banter and whatnot in terms of rugby league, and I guess it just causes a little bit more. But is it undue? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean. Um, all in all, I, I think they do a good job. Like, I wouldn't, obviously, I'm biased in, in the fact that I am a referee. If there was a team I have to pick yeah. for, it's the guys that go out in, well, yellow and, and red, depending on what teams yellow, they're refereeing. Pink. But, yeah, yeah to pick, pick yeah. a day, you know, traditionally it was white and then it went to green and black and, you know, they just, they change right. as everything goes. So, I mean, the, you're just, I'm thinking of the, uh, the Bill Harrigan when he was in green and black mm. and the long hair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, exactly. So like if there's a team I'm going for, it's, it's those boys because, um, you got to back your own, I guess, in a way. And, um, like, yes, I want to be in their position, but I also want to see them do well. Like, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to sure. take, and I don't want to take funny is that yeah, I guess it pretty hits close to home, I suppose, because my um my my I've got a, a half sister. Um, her name's Sarah, and she was actually um she she refed in the A League, uh, so she was one of the, the or she was the first A League first woman to ref in the A League. So she runs the the lines as uh, assistant ref. So she has always actually been in the back of my own my own uh, head because every time I'll flame a ref about a bad call or whatnot, she's always going, hey. <laughs> they're people as well. We need to think about that. And so yeah. I've always had a healthy respect for, for referees. <laughs> which is, it's quite rare. Like, unless you know a referee, even people that know me, they still give me shit. They, they'll send me messages if, like, I've got a, a friend that goes for Manly and they watched that game the other weekend and they thought they were unjustly, you know, yep. served. And I'm going, Ripped off. Yep. well, what am I going to do, mate? I don't have that game. <laughs> and even if I did have the game, you'd yeah. probably say the same thing. And all I'm doing is just refereeing <laughs> what's in front of me. It's not like I'm making yeah, it up. It. It's not like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to go out there and be willingly deceitful. I'm just trying to go out there and do the best job I possibly can. And if I make That's a mistake, right. I make a mistake. I'll put my hand up. So I'll be yeah. the first person yeah. to say, yeah, I stuffed up. But yeah. look, I'm going to try and be better next time. Um, and that's all you can do. And anyone, like, there's that's one it, thing. Yeah. I've got a mentor of mine. And... I kind of, I find it interesting. You brought this up really early on about having a mentor and I kind of want to unpack that a little bit Mm -hmm. in, in, in my life. I've kind of been reminded about the fact that having a mentor is a good idea. And I've recently taken, Mm -hmm. I guess, some pretty serious action in, in terms of getting a few different mentors in in different areas um, that I'm pursuing. So there's two people in the world of rugby league refereeing one. That's a, a former referee. And um, NRL referee, and one is at a current NRL referee as as two mentors for me that I, I run my ideas by with them um, in terms of how I approach myself and my game and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of physiotherapy and exercise physiology, I've gone and sought out um, Mia J was the last person on my podcast. She's she's a mentor for me in in terms of exercise physiology, and when you kind of hear her history, you can see why. Um, and then just some inspirational people along the way that I kind of, I get as, as mentors. 
and just yeah. the value that they add. Um, is it something that probably we missed out this discussion when we were talking about finances mm-hmm. that you had raised in your education about, you know, managing your finances, getting a mentor is actually something that's going to help you get on the right track. Yeah. hundred percent. Or is that just something um, that you've picked up on your own accord? I, I, I wouldn't say I picked up on my own accord. Like it, it should be widely known that, um, a lot of things you could probably do on your own. Um, but I guess for, you know, big major life decisions, um, it's always difficult to go in, uh, wade into the unknown because uh, you don't know if you are making the right decision or not. So having a mentor or just someone that you can speak openly and candidly with, uh, someone that's been through those uh, experiences, so they don't, you don't have to class them as a mentor, but just someone that's sort of, been through that experience, you're able to pick their brains a little bit to go, uh, how did you do things? Uh, is there anything that you would change? Because when you ask those type of questions, people will be willing to, to open up and give you their experiences. And taking that information on will just allow you to be uh, make a more informed choice. Um, so I would definitely urge to, to speak to, to you know even older relatives now, older relatives might have, you know, and we know the older generation, a lot of them are sort of steadfast in their own opinions and what they, and what they believe in. Like, you know, you said the old man is against shares, you know. Um, so you understand that. But then there are other avenues that you can obviously pick your brain's dad about, uh, your, your dad's brains about, yep. you know, in different, different parts that you can take value in. So if you see that, you know, a, a certain person has done well in, in in a certain aspect, whether it be finances or not, or with property, you can just pick their brains a little bit, you know, to just go, how did you do, you know, what you did? Um, is there any advice that you would give for someone that's going through the same thing now? And then it, sh- it just gives you more clarity and, and you don't have to wade into the unknown on your own. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, speaking with uh, professionals. So for someone like me, you like in, in, you know, the advice profession, I'm happy to sit down with, with people at you know, the first meeting to just talk about what they're up to, what they want to do. And if I can add value, I'll add value, you know what I mean? And, and, I'll, and I'll tell them what, you know, what their options are available. If I can't help them, I go, look, I, I'm not the right person for you. This might be someone that you um, can speak to about. So it's like, don't be afraid to, to speak to people that, um, you know, are in, are in a profession. Because um, what's the worst thing that you can get? Um, you know, they'll give you bad advice. Okay, then that's fine. Like you take it with a grain of salt, everything that they do say. You know what I mean? You can fact check it with someone else. Because like I said, the internet is, you know, a great tool. Um, and you know, you don't have to be out of pocket. Because I know for me, I'm complimentary. You can sit down with me and have a chat. We just go through it. If I can, if I can add value, I'll tell you how much I need to charge you. But if I can't, then I'll just tell you up front. Um, so the red flags are: if you wanted to go and sit down with someone and they say, "Oh, I've got to charge you for this," then that's a red flag, and you avoid it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just sit down and try to and try to speak to people that will give you that time because they're looking to actually help you. Those are the type of people that you want to, you know, be connected with. Um, yeah. So yeah. That, I guess, that's, I guess that's for people it. that don't know, how, I guess how um, the billing works for for I guess financial advisor, you in terms of your specific situation, mm-hmm. do you want to unpack just what complimentary yep. means? Like you're going to go out and have that conversation, and if you can't provide value, you're not charging them. That's right. 
Yeah, so that's as, as simple as it is. So most people, I mean, if they're a little bit nervous or a bit, uh, they're unsure about what financial advice is, that's fine. You know, um, you know, me speaking on this podcast, I'll be as open as I can to you about, you know, what your situation is and how I can help. So that first meeting is always, I never charge anything. It's always free. Um, and it's just me because I want to, me getting into the industry, I just want to be able to spread as much information as I can to help people on their way. Um, so that, you know, hopefully they'll make good decisions and that, um, you know, they can live a happier life. So um, that there, that first meeting I always have with someone is always entirely free. I sit down with them and I just unpack those questions that I want to get them thinking about what they want to do. And then once they've sort of got their head on a bit of a swivel and they understand the direction that they want to go, I'll go, great, okay, now let's put a plan into action. And then that's when we sort of talk about the costing structures and, and how much um, I would charge. So it's always, um, it's always you know, person to my person, different um, sort of, uh, sorry, someone just come in. So that's all right. <laughs> I got a little distracted. It's a working um, office. People got to do work. Yeah. So that's all good. That's it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, yeah, it's always person by person, but I always try to just, I want to get as much information out there to people um, so that they make better informed choices. Yeah. Nice man. No, I, I get that. I get that. That's pretty cool. Um, oh, there was, there was another thing that I wanted to bring up. Um, I was talking about that uh, kind of, I listened to Gary Vaynerchuk from time to time and kind of what he's at to mm-hmm. over in America. He preaches that, even if you've got nothing else going on, you could go down to a garage sale and flip something from a garage sale stuff, on yeah. Facebook yeah. buy sell or, or whatnot. Um, yeah. Gum tree for us, but yeah. whatever works for you and, and you could actually yeah. be making a bit of coin. Is that something that you would be going, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Or yeah, uh, I would say if, if you are that way inclined and you've got the time and you know, you've got a bit of a passion to doing that hundred percent do it go for it like full steam ahead just because a that's another source of revenue for you so you've just increased how much you're you're making uh and two if that's what you enjoy then it's something that you're not you know wasting your time doing you know doing something mindless and or meaningless it's actually providing value to your life so i would say i'm all for that if that's something that um you want to get into then 100 go into that you know because yeah. you're making coin on it that's, yeah I mean, like in other worlds, I guess I've got mates that um, have Twitch, Twitch, Twitch streams, and they they play oh, games yeah, yeah, yeah. and they get paid for yep. it. Yeah, um, good or, on them. You know, that's another source of revenue for them. And it, it even come to a point that if you are delving so far into that sort of community, whether it be t- Twitch streaming or Instagram models, stuff, uh, you know? from garage sales, is you could make that. Yeah, 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 that's not a kettle of fish. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, if you're good at it and you make revenue from it, then 100% all for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I went to school with someone who is doing quite well for themselves as far as I know as a Instagram model and she does professional modeling shoots here and there from that, um, sells products online. But um, like if you can add that extra revenue stream, why not, right? For me... Um, I work as an EP and then I am blessed that I actually get paid to referee as well. That is my extra income stream. Yeah, that's it. Um, I mean, for me long-term, I want to be able to do both full-time, uh, big ask, but like, but yeah, so that's like, that's perfect. Yeah. It's big ask definitely. But it's like, if you've got that in mind already, 
you're already like what you're doing now is you're already trying to work that into intertwine with how you are living your life right so because you've already got that sort of vision ahead that if you ideally wanted to run them side by side that's what you want to be trying to do now and so yeah anyone that's thinking about starting their side hobby or whatnot um unless it's taking away from uh like your original day job or whatnot then i would say go off you know go go for it yeah I mean, the sacrifices I have to make when it comes to rugby league, for me, I can't go to every birthday party. Um, I've got a lot of people my age that will go out and, and go and have a couple of beverages uh, on a Friday or Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have to go, sorry, guys, I've got to run tomorrow. Uh, like, I look at myself as I'm, yep. I'm an athlete and I need to treat myself accordingly. Um, you've got an off-season. Yep. You, you enjoy your off-season. Yeah. Um, but when you're on in season yeah. and, and you, you come to turn up and you come to perform, you need to be at the best of your ability. Otherwise, you're letting yourself and your teammates and even the people that you're going out and, and doing that refereeing job for, you're doing them a disservice. Because for me, I might do four games a yeah. weekend, but for every player on that team, they only have that one game that they're playing. So I need to be on yep. the best of my ability from the very first whistle to the last whistle of the day. Doesn't yep. matter. Yep. Um, as you yeah. go up the ranks, uh, and, and I guess that's one game, but that's because they're yep. tougher and faster and whatnot. Okay. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and that, that sort of works in tandem with, with spending habits and whatnot as well. Cause let's say you've developed, you know, you developed your own budget and you've come to the end of the month and you've spent all your disposable play money, like the money that you could have spent on, you know, uh, out of like just recreational activities. And then, you know, you get a message from a group of friends to say, oh, let's go out tonight. Let's do some of this. And you know, in your own budget that you've got commitments to make. And it's in those times that you probably need to, you know, be a better person and say, look, probably not, not this time, but I know next week or, you know, in, in a fortnight's time, I'll be sweet. Let's do it again. Mm. You know, it's, it's just making those, um, uh, those, you know, those adulting sort of calls that um, if you know that you're not in that sort of good space that you need to, um, I'm trying to look for the right words here, but you just need to, to make those right decisions because you know, on your own that you shouldn't be doing those those things um, you need to know what's in your best interest in line with what your goals are because correct yeah so because if you know that you went out you blew you know your your, your month's rent or your week's rent mm. yeah and you're letting you know future self deal with that then how's that ever going to help you and what you want to do down the track you know yeah. <laughs> you know so it's just yeah making those mature sort of um decisions um, much the same with, you know, with looking after your body, you need to make, um, you know, good decisions if you know that it's in your best interest, uh, for down the track. Yeah. Is that a thing? Can I ensure my body? Like as someone who, you know, is an athlete and trying to go down to the professional sporting yep. worlds, is that, is that a thing like a NRL players ensuring yeah. their knees or something, or is that something that can be done or oh, am so I just talking me, rubbish right now? Up actually, just cause, um, <laughs> You do work no, with the so Tigers, it's right? Pretty, pretty good that you raised that, actually. Uh, yeah, so we did. So we aren't sponsoring them this year, but um, so one of the uh, direct. So we've got a One Wellbeing sort of uh, under the One Solutions umbrella, and uh, one of the directors is actually Chris Lawrence, 
Uh, so he's a he's oh. a West Tigers player. So he actually works uh, within the office. Yeah. Um, right. So that that was really cool. So coming out of out of uni, um, to me to work at this workplace is really really crazy because it's like I get get to to see a, a fully fledged NRL player and and you know interact with him and whatnot doing you know my job. So that's really cool. Um, so in terms of like personal insurance, that's something that we do. And, um, you know, players like Chris Lawrence, they have insurance in place. So um, I guess to put it in a broad sense, so there, there are four types of uh, personal insurances. Uh, so it's, it, that doesn't, they don't just choose to insure certain body parts, funnily enough, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is what you were asking in terms of yeah, yeah, yeah. knees and whatnot. Uh, but overall, as an encapsulated, so there's, there's life insurance. So that's um, yep. literally if you're here or if you're not here. And then there's the next one called TPD uh, insurance or total and permanent disability. So that's <laughs> if you become totally and permanently disabled. So you're still here, but you can't function um, as, as well as you should. Uh, the third one is trauma, uh, which is uh, your critical illnesses. So you know, stuff like cancers and whatnot. And then the fourth one, which I think is the most important for just millennials in general is income protection. And so that ensures your income, your ability to generate an income right. from your workplace. So the one thing that most millennials um, don't, consider as important is their income because if i told you um that you couldn't work for a year how would you feel there's no income coming in but you've still got all your expenses that you need to pay you've i don't know no income. I'd, I'd be lost and that confused would be i'd really be scary right i'd be shocked yeah yeah really scary right so most people insure their cars right you have to drive it every day yeah most, yeah, yeah. So you've got yeah the compulsory CTP, but and and then you can get the I get third the party as well on top of that yep. if you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but most people never insure themselves. So you know, if mm. I fractured my kneecap and I couldn't go to work for couldn't play know, Oztag for. Year. Are you playing representative these days? <laughs> oh, I was, <laughs> and then I, I pulled out. So that's that's another kettle of fish. Right. A, <laughs> commitments to training, you know. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Gotta be um, honest with yourself. Yeah, people. I, I yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I definitely implore. So, personal insurance is something that people need to consider um, because, yeah, they would insure their house and car, but you need to insure yourself. Um, so that's something that I would definitely encourage people to to look into, especially millennials. Now, it, you don't have to consider everything else because you don't have many commitments. But I would always insure yourself. Uh, so, using income protection. Um, is my biggest tip for most people and it has bonuses like it like extras that the fact that it's tax deductible um, extremely extremely good positive on that um, and there are plenty of other benefits that I won't sort of delve into here but it's yeah, something yeah. that most people should definitely look into. Yeah. I mean for me in my my world I guess I urge people to take seriously um, health insurance and private health insurance and Yes. sort of how that affects Same. them. And so they work tandem. So most people have private, like, yeah. So some people don't even have private health insurance at I all, know. right? Yeah, yeah. And for me, that's a no-brainer, right? Um, and then, yeah, so that that and income protection, they both should go tandem together. It should be a fixed expense that you built in to your expenses so that when you are 30, 40, 50, and you've got big, you know, commitments like a mortgage, uh, that that's all taken care of. 
So you build the foundation now while you're younger and have a strong foundation so that when uh, your 30s and 40s hit, you know that the stuff that needs to be taken care of, like your insurances, is all sorted. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. That's yeah. a good idea. No, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I haven't thought about it that way. But, I mean, so it, wait, there's this myth, yeah. um, I guess, that goes around where if you get, uh, what is it, private health insurance from the ages of 20 to 30, then you pay yeah. less Medicare levy? Have you heard about that or like uh, how does that work? Am yeah, I just talking well, absolute yeah, so garbage? No, no. So that depends on your, uh, your annual income. So it's for those that are in really a high income bracket that if they don't have any private health insurance, they need to pay a surcharge on top of their tax. Um, so traditionally speaking, those that are earning, I think it's under 250000 uh, not having private health insurance is probably a really stupid like if I'm being honest, but they don't get tax extra. So that like that's the the myth is if you're like if you're earning over two hundred fifty thousand, then yeah. you will get extra tax if you don't have private health. But I would just say, and I imagine you would say as well, that it's something like you just need to have, just oh, built yeah. it into your, your overall expenses. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just something that you should have, uh, because in all aspects that you never know when you might need it. And well, for when, me, like if you don't have your health, you can't operate. You can't do anything. You can't go and enjoy yourself. You can't go in and work. You, you can't go and socialize. Like yep. your health is number one. Yeah, I agree. And most people, the, the biggest barrier that people believe that they don't want to get it is just because it's an extra expense that they don't think they need to have. Whereas I would say if you had to prioritize your Netflix subscription over your health insurance, oh. I think you've got it all the wrong way around and that you need to really take a good hard look at yourself um, in terms of where you're allocating your funds. No, that's, that's actually, that's really cool. No, that, that makes a lot of sense, my man. Mm. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, wow. I'm glad we deep dove into that actually because I had that, uh, had that down as personal insurance is that you need to just build it into your overall expenses mm. um, because that's your core foundation. If you're talking about any fixed expenses other than, you know, rent and mortgage, any type of personal insurance, whether it be private, like health insurance or, you know, income protection, build it into your expenses. Because that way that when you need to, when it's really critical that you need it down the track, you've already got it. And it's not an extra expense that you need to add on. Um, yeah, you actually just yeah, you glad. made me think of something. Um, in terms of insurances, right? If we go to like car insurance, like the pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people these days with the the popularity of Uber and uh, rideshare type stuff, and you've got car next door and blah blah blah. You name it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of people are, are not opting for getting a car and insuring it. They're going the uh, I'm going to get an Uber yep. or public. Um, transport or a combination of each. Now, for some people, and as far as I'm right, I, I, I hope I'm right, majority of people are actually going to spend more money in the long run by not getting their own vehicle. It's funny. You unless know you I mean? don't go and, anywhere, unless you do nothing yeah, and just sort of you're yeah. a hermit, but you know, most yeah. people do leave their house at some point. Yeah. Um, it's really funny because, I mean, that's, that's a myth and the myth is easily squashed if you've got an Excel spreadsheet just to be able to track how much you think you're, you're saving or spending each week. And then you just expand that out to whether it be per month, um, six monthly or yearly, 
that's when you can actually see if you're, you're making gains on, you know, your money, you're saving money or you're spending more. It's the easiest way to unpack it. Uh, rather than just assuming um, you think you're saving more because you're doing X, just run the numbers. You know, it doesn't take long and I don't think you need to be a super maths whiz to, to really to really know if you if you saved or not. <laughs> Even though you yeah. are, but yeah, sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's just, I guess, a question that kind of I had lingering and it's just you made me, you made me think of it. So no, thank you for that. Yeah. No, that's pretty, that's that's pretty cool, my man. Um, what do you say we we finish up there? Like we've been going on for yeah. an hour and a half or, or so. Quite a while, yeah. I mean, we've I've, rambled I've, on for long. Mate, I've enjoyed it, to be honest. Like this, yeah, is, this has been too. a whole lot of fun. Um, yeah. And I guess before, before we do close up officially, um, can you just give where you work another plug um, just so if anyone wants to get in contact with you or the people that you work with, um, so they can. So, like, what's what's the best place? Do, you, do yeah. we look at your website? Oh, sorry, do we like, Facebook I'm, you? I'm at Five Doc. Yeah. We'll just rock up to Five Doc and hopefully yeah. we'll oh, magically so appear. And, uh, <laughs> find around, yeah. Well, yeah. So, I, I've got an Instagram handle uh, and a Facebook. Um, so, I, I try to regularly post content out there for, for most people. Um, so, it's uh, Alex Ho Financial Planner, or one word. Um, so, I mean, yeah, try to check me out on my socials. Um, you can, yeah, definitely through our, our website as well, uh, onefinancialadvice.com.au. Um, should have most of the information there to reach out. But, I mean, most people, if they're young millennials, they'll reach out on the socials. You can DM me, um, send me a message, and then we can go from there. Because I would just urge people, whether they use me or not, um, it's just to think about their finances because the link between, you know, financial health and, um, you know, mental health and, and just being overall healthy, it all ties in together, right? So, um, yeah, I just want to get people thinking about it. Um, but I'm here as well if they want to deep dive uh, further and just have someone ask them the hard questions. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Just to push them over the edge to actually really get them thinking. Because a lot of people, they might put it off, you know what I mean? So I'll be there just to, to poke the stick in them to tell them this is what you need to think about. <laughs> right. Now that's good. That's good. And I, I mean, you're not just, you you don't just look after young people. You, if you have someone that's no. middle age or older people, I would assume no. you take the same approach that we do in terms of health that you're never too late to start. Correct. hundred percent. That's right. Yeah. And even like anyone that's watching it, if their parents um, as well uh, are looking for, for someone just to get a different opinion, then I'm here, here to have a chat um, just because it never hurts to, to consult someone else um, because they, they would definitely seek someone else um, and that's fine and you can listen to them and hear what they have to say and vice versa, you know, someone else to, to give a different opinion. So I'm always open, uh, can answer plenty of questions and, and whatnot. So, yeah. So we just urge people just to get off their ass and, and take control of their own situation. So Correct. Um, and And don't make it, don't think that it's coming from a bad place. Like that's coming from the bottom of our hearts going, you know, we, we love everyone equally and we want people to do well. So um, this is only going to benefit you. So if you don't want to help that's yourself, it. then there's not much else we can do. That's it. That's it, man. That's it. No, I that's appreciate it. you. Thank yeah. you so much for your time. Thank you for coming on. Um, and I hope some people do get in contact. Thanks for having me. Contact no, thanks for having me. Pleasure, my man.
Yeah. Take care. And for everyone else, <laughs> yeah. um, please Take look care. after yourselves in, in this weird and, and wonderful time of, of COVID. And um, yeah, just be careful. All right. Take care, everybody. Okay. That's it. Stay safe, yeah. everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah.